0: What is up guys? It is the Blue Bloods here back with another conference championship preview and we're moving to Indianapolis with the Big Ten championship on the line this weekend. 7 p.m. Central Time live on Fox as we have the number two Michigan Wolverines facing the number 13 Iowa Hawkeyes this weekend. The Wolverines are a 10 and a half point favorite and this will all go down in prime time man and this is not only going to determine potentially the big 10 champion, but it's also going to have major college football playoff implications for, for the entire conference. Man, If, if Michigan loses this game, the big 10 potentially could have no representatives in the final four. And then on top of that, it is um, absolutely going to impact the new year six bowl race this offseason, season, man, who is going to be able to represent the big 10 in those new year six bowls. Now, on top of this man, we got to set the stage. The Wolverines enter this matchup 11 and 1, 8 and 1 in the Big 10. They are coming off a program, I mean, really defining win over the past few years, finally getting the monkey off their back defeating their arch rivals Ohio State last weekend and that win is going to, is going to give Jim Harbaugh a chance to win his first Big 10 championship with the Wolverines and bring the Wolverines their first conference title since 2004, which shockingly they split with the Hawkeyes. And this will be their 17th outright Big 10 championship that they win this weekend and their first outright championship since 2003. Man, so a lot is on the line for the Wolverines, but for the Hawkeyes, they've quietly fought to a 10 2 record. I mean, they were number two at the country, and one time gets upset by Purdue, and they just kind of fell out of the national spotlight. But 10-2, and two, and Kurt Ferentz looks to add to his already well-established legacy for the Hawkeyes, looking to win his third Big Ten championship. And this will be the Hawkeyes' first Big Ten title. Like I said, since 04 when they split with Michigan. But they have not won an outright Big Ten title since 1985, guys. They split the 1990, 2002, and 2004 Big Ten titles. So, this is going to be giant for Iowa as well. Now, these fro- programs first met in 1900. The Wolverines currently lead the series 42, 15, and 4. They won their last matchup in 2019 against the Hawkeyes, but these programs have split over the last four matchups. And, like I said, man, this will be the first time they've matched up in the Big Ten championship game. Now, That's the stage, man. It couldn't be, like I said, it couldn't be any bigger. But the key for the Wolverines this weekend has to lie on their rushing attack. Their ability to pound the football and allow their athletes at the running back spot to be the playmakers that they have been all season long. They are going to have to try and find some running room against this very good Hawkeyes defense that's allowing them only about 100 yards per game on the ground, top three in the Big Ten. We saw last week, man. The, the, the focal point of the offense has to start with the rushing game. This offense ranks ninth in the country, number one in the Big Ten, with over 224 yards on the ground per game. And they also lead the Big Ten, and they rank top three in the country in rushing touchdowns with 35 rushing touchdowns this season. And the name to know, if you are if you don't know this name already, must be Living Under a Rock, but it was the superstar MVP from last week, Hassan Haskins, been over 1,200 yards rushing, five yards per carry, 18 rushing touchdowns this season, leads to Big Ten in rushing touchdowns, top two in rushing yards, and is still top 10 in yards per carry. Last week, his five-touchdown performance really was the spark to lead Michigan over that Ohio State that they have not been able to get over in years. And Hassan Haskins is going to be the X factor this weekend. If he can establish himself and have another outstanding game, Michigan is going to be an extremely tough team to beat going moving forward, especially this weekend, man. And then also Blake Corum is a name that you have to recognize, 865 rushing yards over six and a half yards per carry. Also, 10 rushing touchdowns for Corum. He battled a bit of injury, but he's starting to kind of work his way back into the fray. He's their big hitter, man. This is the guy that can take the football and make big things happen. He's extremely fast and shifty, while Haskins is more of the every down type of running back, and they complement each other very well. And these two guys have been the face of this Michigan offense. Now you also can't forget Donovan Edwards. He's been a rotational piece, especially when Corwin went down with injury, but he's really a dual threat type of guy. He ha- he can do it on the ground, oh, almost 200 yards rushing this year, two rushing touchdowns, but he's also big out of the backfield in the in the um, receiving back aspect of his game with over 200 yards receiving a receiving touchdown. You look back at that uh, um, game a few weeks ago, man, he was one of their leading receivers. He had a giant game. Through that air. Now, the Wolverines are going to put a lot of pressure on the D line and linebackers of Iowa. Like I mentioned last week in my Ohio State preview, they like to bounce their runs outside if they can. They can run in the A gap, but if they can bounce it outside, that's where they can wreak a lot of havoc on your defense, man. Off the edge. Oh, almost 900 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns, almost 60 first downs, and over 25 explosive runs or 10 or more yards have been generated this year off the edge. Coram and Haskins excel in making players miss an open space. So if, you, if, if Iowa cannot keep them contained inside the tackles, Michigan's going to be a very tough team to knock out this week. And they also generated over 20 explosive runs up the middle in the A-gaps. So you have to be stout almost everywhere in this Iowa front seven to slow down this Michigan rushing attack. Now, the other key, real quickly, especially against the stingy Iowa defense that leads to Big Ten in interceptions with 22. You look at Riley Moss and Matt Hankins at the DB spot. Michigan has to get Cade McNamara comfortable in the pocket and help him avoid any and all turnovers. The quickest way for Iowa to make this competitive and to open up this game is if McNamara catches a turnover bug. When Iowa's defense is forcing turnovers, they are damn near impossible to beat, which is why they were the number two team in the country at one point this season. McNamara's had a solid year: fourteen touchdowns, so only three picks, over twenty-three hundred passing yards. He's t- he's t- I mean, top five in completion percentage this year, top six in passing touchdowns and passing yards this year in the Big Ten, but. The number one thing for Michigan, you know McNamara has really struggled with his intermediate game. Those 10- to 19-yard passes, he has not been playing well over the middle in that intermediate range. He's been efficient taking his deep shots and playing underneath. That's where you have to stick. You have to keep him in his comfort zone because if you get him throwing too many of those intermediate balls, I think I was going to have a great chance to pull off up this upset. So on the deep balls, five touchdowns, no picks, 11 big-time throws while he's completing 75% of his underneath stuff, four touchdowns, no picks, over 40 first downs generated. A lot of his turnovers come in the intermediate game. So you have to keep McNamara comfortable, work everything underneath, make Iowa come up and make plays, and when they load the box, beat them over the top, that's going to be the key for Michigan this weekend. Now, for the Hawkeyes, man, it's going to lie on being balanced this weekend for me. This offense hasn't been explosive in either aspect of their passing or rushing game. The Hawkeyes ranked 13th out of 14 teams in the Big Ten in total offense. So this this offense has to keep Michigan off balance. They can't become one-dimensional because with the Wolverines defense, they're only allowing 318 yards per game. That's top four in the Big Ten you cannot let them get comfortable. You cannot let them stop your run and pin those and, and those edge rushers, pinning their ears back and getting after Spencer Petras. You have to be balanced this weekend. It starts with the rushing attack. This Michigan defense is going to – they're going to try to put the game in Spencer Petrus's hands. You cannot allow them to turn you into a one-dimensional passing team. So if, if you can establish the run, it's going to allow Petrus more time in the pocket, more time to push the ball downfield – and also is going to help the uh, Hawkeyes wide receivers get more favorable matchups on the outside. That starts with Tyler Goodson at running back. Over 1,100 yards rushing, 4.6 yards per carry, six rushing touchdowns this season. He's top five in rushing yards, top 10 in rushing touchdowns, and then also Petrus has five rushing touchdowns this year as well. They're really not super deep at the running back spot this year for the Hawkeyes. Goodson's going to main a lot of the load. He has to have a big game. I'm saying the, the Hawkeyes are going to have to run for 100 to 150 yards. You have to establish the rushing attack. And on top of that, you cannot allow Michigan to control the pace of the game. If Michigan's just running the football, shortening up the game, and wearing down your defense, I think I was going to have a lot of problems this weekend against this Michigan defense. Now, the passing attack. They have to have a big game, unless you cannot turn the football over. Like I said, Michigan's going to control the pace of the game with their rushing attack. Giving them extra possessions and good field position is the quickest way for this game to be a blowout. Uh, Petrus, 1,500 yards passing, nine touchdowns, six picks. And if you see them struggling, don't be surprised if you see Alex Padilla come in at quarterback He stepped into the role for the past few weeks. He's really helped this offense win. Petrus has been struggling recently, so look for that. But from what I can what I can tell, Petrus is still going to be the first starter, the guy to take the first snaps this weekend. But he's going to have to play big, man. Sam Laporta and Nick uh, and Nico uh, Virginie have to have big games as well. Laporta 486 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns for only one receiving touchdown, but over 300 yards receiving. They're going to have to have big games. The playmakers on the outside for Iowa have to help Petrus out because he's not going to have a lot of time to throw the ball. So they have to get separation from these really good Michigan defensive backs. Now, with Petrus, the rushing attack really sets up the passing attack for this offense. They it consists of a lot of underneath routes, and they're going to try to make Michigan tackle them in open space. They're going to bore you to death, and then just take one or two deep shots in the game. When you look at their short passing game, that accounts for over fifty percent of Petrus's dropbacks, and that short and that short attack over six hundred yards passing, three touchdowns, over 30 first downs generated. But when they take the deep shot, which isn't often. Petrus grades at a 95 passing grade according to Pro Football Focus, four touchdowns, and 12 big-time throws. If he can get everything working underneath and get some explosive plays generated, that's going to have to be a key for Iowa this weekend. Now, lastly, the matchup to watch this weekend. It should be clear if you've watched either of these teams because the Iowa offensive line against this Michigan defensive line – cannot be understated this weekend. If Iowa cannot control the line of scrimmage and slow down the best edge-rushing duo in the country, it could be an extremely long day for the Hawkeyes. And it could get interesting if Michigan can't get pressure on Peterson, can't stop the run. So for me, something has to give. And you look at this Iowa offensive line – they ranked 13th in the Big Ten in Sacks allowed with over 31. They've really struggled blocking the edge, which is going to be a major concern coming into this weekend since Michigan has two of the best edge rushers in the country. Now the positive. So Tyler Lindenbaum at center, the probably one of the probably might be the best. Um, offensive lineman of the country. is a 95.3 PFF blocking grade. That's number one in the country. And if he finishes number one, it'll be two back-to-back years of finishing number one in the country. And he has the best career blocking grade in the history of pro football focuses college football coverage. So that shows you how dominant he's been. Only one sack allowed this year, only two QB hits, only six total pressures. Lindenbaum is going to do his thing on the inside. Now, the question is, can Nick DeJong and Jack Plum have big games at those offensive tackle spots? They have their toughest test of the season. They have to neutralize the edge rushers for Michigan, and they've allowed over eight sacks, ten QB hits, and almost forty QB pressures between the tackle spots this year. That cannot happen this weekend. If they if they if they cannot protect Petrus, Michigan's running away with this one. They're going to have to slow down Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajava. And speaking of them. This Michigan D line has been an absolute problem this season. Racked up over 33 sacks, has third in the Big Ten, and they have two players inside the top 10 in the country in sacks this season. And they're also the top two sack leaders in the Big Ten. And it starts with Aiden Hutchison, and you could just even put David Ajabo in that conversation as well. Hutchinson, 12 sacks this year, 14 and a half tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, and over 54 total tackles last week he was unblockable against ohio state three sacks last weekend and he was one of the defensive mvps and he's probably he he has a great chance to be big 10 defensive player of the year this year but then david ajabo don't call him a robin this is batman 2.0 over here man but they they are one and one here man there's no there's no robin in this scenario man ajabo is a monster off the edge 11 sacks 11 tackles for loss 5-4 fumbles. If Ajabo gets your hands on you, he's going for the strip sack, and he is very, very good at it and can excel in it. If he can create turnovers, I was in for a long day. He also has 33 total tackles. Both of these guys are going to be first-team Big Ten All-Americans. Probably potentially both of them could be first-team NCAA Americans as well. Man, Hutchinson and Ajabo are keys for Michigan. They've wreaked havoc all season long. They, they've done it every single game this year. If they have a big game, I was in a lot of trouble, and Iowa has to find a way to neutralize both of these guys because they are game wreckers off the edge for Michigan, and they really set up the secondary nicely because it forces quarterbacks to make quick on – they just, they force the quarterbacks to make bad decisions with the football all the time. The, the clock speeds up, and even if they don't get sacks, guys, getting the pressure, knowing that those two guys are coming off the edge – automatically speeds up quarterbacks processing and they they force balls that they don't have to even when the offensive line blocks good. That's what happens when you have two forces like an Ajabo and a Hutchinson off the edge from Michigan. Now, for my prediction, man, listen, for me I think Iowa's rebounded so nicely from that loss to Purdue and Wisconsin but when you look at the matchup with the offensive line and with the Java and Hutchinson off the edge I think that is a matchup nightmare for Iowa I don't think their offense is explosive enough to run up the score and challenge Michigan I think Michigan's just going to pound the football and I think right now man Michigan is the better team than Iowa at this current moment man I have the Wolverines Winning the Big Ten title, Harbaugh's first. He gets the monkey off his back. Just 12 months ago, they lowered his buyout, rearranged his contract. Harbaugh bet on himself. I have him winning the Big Ten title this year. It's the Wolverines win 34-16 to 16 over the Hawkeyes. Man, so I got the Wolverines 34, Hawkeye 16 this weekend in Indianapolis for the Big Ten title game. Guys, comment below your score predictions. Let me know who you think is going to win, your keys to the game, and what you, what you guys are going to be watching this weekend in Indianapolis in primetime on Fox, man. But listen, make sure to check out our conference championship previews. There will be a link playlist at the end of the video. And also make sure to tune in this afternoon and the rest of the week as we preview all the other conference championship games around the country in college football, man. But I appreciate you all tuning in to the Blue Bloods. But until next time, guys. The Blue Bloods are out.